name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It is a real pleasure for me to be here with you all. I'm very grateful to Troy and to Holly for their invitation to be here at Trinity Cathedral. I bring you greetings from Dallas, Texas, not too far from here. It's exciting because this is the first time I have been in Arizona, and so there's nowhere better I'd rather be on a Sunday morning than here with you at Trinity. This is a great lesson that we just heard, this gospel lesson. And this lesson is important to put into context before we start to parse it out and figure out what it may be telling us for the way that we live our lives. So let's put this in context. Just before this story, Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. And right after this story, he's going to turn toward Jerusalem where he knows that he will be put on trial and will likely be crucified. This story fits right into the middle of these two huge moments in our gospel story. And it's important for us to see just what Mary and Martha and Lazarus and Judas are doing at this dinner. So now back to the story. If Lazarus had died and been raised from the dead, if you were Mary and Martha and Jesus wanted to come over for dinner, you would throw him a nice big dinner for raising your brother from the dead. And that's really what they're doing right now. They're hosting Jesus in their house in Bethany. Bethany's just right over the hill from Jerusalem, not too far a trip. And it was a real privilege for them to have Jesus and his disciples in their house. Martha, as she typically does, is busy preparing and serving the food. Mary comes out with this amazing perfume, this expensive perfume, and anoints Jesus with this perfume. Judas, seeing that Mary is spending far too much money anointing Jesus, speaks up and says, why have you wasted this perfume when you could have sold it, given the money to the poor, actually helped people in need? And we have this beautiful moment where Jesus says, leave her alone. She wants to love me because the poor will always be with you, but I will not. Now we could unpack the anointing of Jesus with perfume that is used for burial but instead, I want to look at the way that Martha and Mary and even Lazarus are behaving in this dinner scene. Now, this is not the first time that we have seen Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary are in multiple scenes and multiple gospels. And we know that Martha tends to be a busybody. She likes to go around and do stuff. And Mary tends to be the person who is relatively calm and contemplative and seems to prioritize her time a little bit better. Mary comes off looking good. Martha... She always sort of gets the short end of the stick. But I like Martha. I am much more like Martha. I like to do stuff. I don't like to just kind of sit around and wait. I'm not contemplative. Quiet days are very difficult for me. And so I think that some of you are probably like that too. The doing is good. We feel good when we've accomplished something. We have been efficient and we have been productive. We have checked off some boxes. That feels good. And you see, Jesus can use that kind of activity because we are needed to actually go out into the world and do good work. But perhaps some of us, like me, need to focus a little bit more on what to do. Not just go out and do, but to listen, 
to hear how God is speaking to us. And that's why, yeah, someone's speaking to us. <laughs> that's why I like the season of Lent. Lent is a season that the church gives us, this structured time where we're invited to be a little quieter than usual, to be a little calmer than usual, to contemplate and meditate and listen. Lent is the opportunity for us to listen to what God is saying to us. Listen to how God is encouraging us to use the gifts we have been created with, those gifts that the world needs, but those gifts that we may not always use just quite as God wishes. I started out my ministry as a youth minister, and as a youth minister, I needed to surround the teenagers with lots of people who could mentor them. And so at 23, when I became a youth minister, I went out and I found other 23, 4, or 5-year-olds. And I encouraged them to come with me and to mentor the teens in our youth program. And many of them at first said, we have no idea how to be a mentor to youth. And I said, don't worry about it. Just show up. Just be present. Just be kind. And God's going to show you what it is you can do. And so, at the beginning of that first school year, they started showing up. Every Sunday night, these young adults would show up and just be with the kids. Fast forward to Christmas, and we had a big Christmas party with all of our teens, and it was my preference to end all of our youth experiences by joining hands in a big circle around this great big candle. I would light the candle, and we would say a prayer, and then everybody would pray for the person to their left. You know, Episcopalians, not so good about praying out loud. And so I was trying to encourage them to be able to speak out loud in very simple ways. I pray for, and they would just name the person to their left, and we would go all the way around this circle. But because it was Christmas, I said, if there's something else you want to say, then I invite you to say something, like a thanksgiving or a special blessing. And as this prayer began, we got to a young boy— 15 years old, who had a lot of social anxiety. He wasn't very good socially. He was awkward. He always found himself on the outside of any group, and youth group was no different than the rest of his life. But on that night, he paused, and he said, I want to thank all of the adults who come here every week because they love me, and they don't have to. And in that moment of vulnerability, all of those 20-somethings around the circle figured out that their presence, their love, and their kindness was the gift that God was calling them to give. For each of us, we have been given some kind of unique gift. I love PJ Masks. That's what he's saying right now. All of us have been given a unique gift. And those gifts God wants us to use out in the world, nudges us to use those gifts in special ways. We have an opportunity every season to reimagine how we can use those gifts in very small ways that make a big difference over time. Those small changes in our life, little by little, can help us become the person God created us to be, that God dreams for us to be, that we want to be. When I was a kid, I used to go to summer camp, and I loved summer camp. 
And do you all remember using a little compass, like the old school compass that would float and you'd have to turn to find north? I remember being in fifth grade, 10 years old, and being dropped off with a group of kids on the outside of a forest with a little sheet of instructions. Go this many degrees for this long and this many degrees for that long, and we would find these trees with X's on them in order to find the campsite we were going to use that night. It took us six hours to get through the forest. I'm not entirely sure that that's legal anymore. It may not have been legal then to just drop kids off in the forest and say, see you in a little bit. But we did that. And it was amazing when it said to go, say, 27 degrees for a half a mile, how if you went 26 or 28, you would not find that tree with the X on it. The precision was important. But what I remember is that if we only went one or two degrees different, we would end up in a very different spot over time. God's sort of giving us that same kind of invitation in seasons like Lent. Many of us may be in a place where we know something needs to change, where we know we can be a gift in some new way, but it just seems a little intimidating. Change is hard. But you see, God's not asking us to change 180 degrees. God's asking us, encouraging us, nudging us to just change one or two degrees because he knows a week, a month, a year, If we make a slight change, we'll help us to find ourselves in a very different place. This year, you have the chance to respond to God's voice, to God's call, to make a little change, to have a big impact, not only here at Trinity, but out in the world. Each one of you is gifted Each one of you can lead. Each one of you can encourage and inspire and transform the world around you. This Lent, as we prepare to receive once again the story of Christ's passion and death and resurrection, may we also see that God is working in us in those small ways to make a big change that our future will be resurrection life, and that through us, those outside these walls will see God's light in the darkest places and will see our hope. May God bless you on your journey. Amen.